Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. social media, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Tree Frog Songs. Tonight, we'll read short stories including The Magic Carpet from the compilation called The Day Before Yesterday by Richard Middleton, published posthumously in 1912. Middleton was a young man impatient for success, who managed to live the archetypal life of the romantic bohemian poet, complete with poverty and unrequited love for an impossible woman. No novels were published while he was alive. Soon after his death, he was quote-unquote discovered and critically acclaimed for the brilliance of his work and the brevity of his life. Four volumes of his collected works were published, including this one. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Magic Carpet. There were two rugs in the library, and for some time we used to dispute the vexed question of their relative merits. 
aesthetically, there was something to be said for both of them. The rug that stood by the writing desk from which father wrote to the newspapers was soft and furry. Indeed, it was almost as pleasant a couch as the sofa with the soft cushions in the drawing room, which was taboo. Moreover, it lent itself very readily to such fashionable winter sport as bear hunting, providing as it did a trackless prairie, a dangerous marsh, or the quarry itself as the adventure required. The joys of the other rug were of a calmer kind and were, perhaps, chiefly due to its advantageous position before the fire. It was pleasant to toast oneself on a winter evening and trace with idle fingers the agreeable deviations of its pattern. Sometimes it might be the ground plan of a makeup city with forts and sweet shops and palaces for our friends. Sometimes it would be a maze and we would pursue with bated breath the vaulted passages that led to the dread lair of the Minotaur. But such plots as these were of a passive rather than active interest. Reviewing the argument dispassionately, Fenimore Cooper may have had a slight advantage over Nathaniel Hawthorne. Bear hunting may have been a little more popular than the dim excitements of Greek myth. But while the discussion was at its height, there dawned in the east the sun that was to prove fatal to Perseus and the deer slayer alike. I do not know from which of our uncles, the Arabian Nights, first came to an enraptured audience. But I am sure that an uncle must have been responsible for its coming. For as a gift, it was avuncular in its splendor. We quickly realized that the world had changed and took the necessary steps to welcome our new guest. The old lamp in the hall that had graced the illicit doings of pirates and smugglers in the past was thenceforward the property of Aladdin. A strange bottle that had been Crusoe's served to confine the unfortunate genie. And with quickening pulses, we discovered that in the fireside rug, we possessed no less a treasure than the original.